Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and live deeply by improving the quality of our personal, professional, and spiritual relationships. Today's topic is a fun topic. Well, you might think of it as fun, uh, some of you, and we are going to be talking about coping with Christmas. Tis the season of Yuletide cheer. Everywhere you turn, there are jingly songs, irritating commercials with jingly songs, Christmas bells, invitations to buy gifts, but holidays are also a time of great stress for many people. And I'm going to get serious for just a moment. Speaking of great stress, I want to take a moment to reach out to uh, members of the Chidea family who just lost the patriarch of the family, my uncle Ngoni Chidea, who passed away recently. On behalf of my family and all those who love and know you, let me send my condolences. In my mother language, which is called Shana, we say, Nematambuziko. This is a stressful time indeed. Also, condolences to the Crawford family. My friend Erica Crawford uh, just lost a member of her family as well. And uh, so, condolences to them. And, um, also, the Murray family, who lost a member of their family, and all of this in uh, just the past couple of weeks. So holiday time is a particularly difficult time. And so to all of those of you who are grieving the loss of loved ones, I say condolences to all of you, and may God be with you and protect you and comfort you. Now, despite being better connected technologically, Loneliness and isolation is on the rise. We did a show about this called Why Am I So Lonely? a while back. You can find it on com if you are wondering about your loneliness too. So if you are far from home because you are displaced in the diaspora like so many young professionals and immigrants here these days, how do you cope with the holidays? If you are trying to juggle the job, the family, the daily rigors of life and now, You add mailing Christmas cards, shopping, wrapping, gifts. You may feel just a little bit overwhelmed and just a little bit stressed. Or maybe this is such a financially difficult time because expectations for gifts are high and you are just barely keeping the mortgage paid and food on the table and gas in the tank on most days. Or maybe you simply hate getting together with your family. I hate them. You're about to start drowning in siblings, in-laws, parents, aunts, cousins, and you hate all the work and maybe half your family too. How do you cope? How do you cope? Back with us today is one of my regular guests, Sheila Ford. Sheila is an international speaker, author, and coach focused on spiritual growth, leadership, and life planning. Founder and CEO of Mission to Mobilization, LLC, Sheila has authored several books, one of which is called Love Letters to Him. 
52 poems and essays inspiring intimate relationships with God. Yes, him, that him. I have personally read this book, and I can tell you firsthand that in this book, Sheila's writing is indeed passionate, quite provocative, and powerfully personal. You can pick up a copy by checking out the reading list at the bottom of this post on the website at thespeedwayshow.com, or you can visit Sheila's website, loveletterstohim.com. Sheila, welcome to the Speedway Show. Thank you, Seaway. So always good to be back. Love uh, hanging out and spending time with you and the listeners. Thanks. Well, likewise. And uh, speaking of hanging out, let us hang out and uh, talk about uh, our first question for the day, which is what are the issues that people find they have to cope with over the holidays in particular that are perhaps more difficult than other times of the year? Sure. Well, I mean, you know, it's uh, there's so many. I mean, it, you know, this really, this time of year, uh, well, let me just say, I love the holidays. I uh, I love holidays in general. Thanksgiving is one of my favorites. Um, Christmas, I, I love um, Easter. I mean, I really, I mean, just kind of a reason to get together and, and celebrate and so mm-hmm. I, I, I so I really don't need a reason. I could just kind of have a you just a you know Sheila day, and <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I love I do love uh, Christmas and, and just the holiday season, and uh, but unfortunately, you know this topic we're talking about coping with Christmas it does bring a lot of stress um, to people, and I actually used to be one of those people that was really stressed out um, about the holidays and particularly Christmas. Because um, there's just there's so so much pressure, I think a lot of times tied to that, and so just a number of things come to mind. Uh, just kind of a long list of things, but really, I think there's a lot of people that are just really isolated and um, you know feeling very lonely. Um, there are people that are really um, distant from their relatives. There's stress around getting together. Uh, you have people. I used to be kind of a type A personality, just changed a little bit, but you need to be the perfect host and kind of have to have everything, you know, perfect in in terms of, you know, hosting any types of gatherings. Um, Mm -hmm. You have people that are just delusional about what's going on in their life and and wanting their life to be different than it is. Um, A lot of issues also with family, you know, family resentment or bitterness, um, and so just a lot of hurt. There's also there where you find that um, you know people are seeing that everybody else is kind of enjoying life and and they're feeling overwhelmed and not really enjoying their own life and just feeling like everyone else is really having a lot of fun or or you know going along doing things and having more fulfillment than them. And then there's the the huge financial pressure, and I think even more so now in this economy. Um, you know, financial pressure around gift giving and expectation. Uh, there's is, that's that's huge, uh, and then just the overall uh, when people do get into those to those pressures that they're, you know, they have to go through the whole hassle and hustle and bustle of, of shopping and being able to find the, the perfect gift, you know, for the person that really doesn't need anything, and and so you know. Um, I, I, I want to just I just want to talk maybe about a few of these. I do want us to kind of dig in a little bit more because um, I am the kind of person that likes to uh, look at solutions, kind of problems or root causes, and then uh, from a planning perspective, you know, also kind of identify what are some solutions and some things that people can look at. But, you know, just kind of thinking about a, a few of these, um, you know, in terms of some issues, you know, I was, when I was, initially talked about or mentioned kind of isolation and loneliness. And, you know, mm-hmm. I just uh, feel some of the issues that come or tie to that, sometimes it's just a lack of, lack of maybe a social network or, you know, there, so many times I see people that really have the inability to reach out. And so they um, sometimes they're a part of their own problem and they uh, – you just really don't know how to um, how to reach out and end up, you know, feeling very lonely. The other things that 
that I was thinking in terms of, you know, stress of kind of, you know, getting, you know, with family or, uh, you know, kind of getting together with family, you know, that there maybe had been some previous challenges and, you know, a lot of kind of unresolved either arguments and forgiveness, uh, just a lot of unforgiveness. I mean, I know people that haven't, you know, talked to, you know, their family members in years, you know. I mean, it's like wow. they had a big blow, they had a big blow up, blow out at a family gathering, and they said, you know, I refuse to talk to that person and I will never talk to them again. And so, you know, obviously some underlying pieces in that, but that that gets tied to the whole, um, you know, dealing with, with Christmas and just the, the holiday season is the time when you're supposed to be together. Um, the other thing I was also thinking of, you know, just the whole kind of being the, the perfect host, I know for myself that, um, you know, I I like things to be done well. And so there, I think that sometimes there's this fine line between, you know, just being extremely obsessive or compulsive, you know, and then where you have some people who could care less, like, you know, their house is, is a mess. And I was thinking, didn't you know I was coming over? <laughs> Like okay, I just call one more time and say, you know, I'm I'm on my way. <laughs> you know, my excuse is if you come into my house and it's a mess, then I tell you, you know, you are my true friend because you tell me you're coming over and I don't even feel like I have to clean up for you. That okay, means you right. can come into my mess. Don't right. I love you? <laughs> you know, and how good a friend you are to me. <laughs> Right, I mean that 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 is a good thing, right? You're very you're very free. You're really free, you know. But um, and and I think it sometimes it just depends on how much, you know, how I mean because a few things around I me. Mean, everybody has it's relative, obviously. You know, everybody has their level of what they consider, you know, clean, you know, extremely mm-hmm. clean or whatever. But um, but sometimes people, I think, and I think I know for myself, I can just speak personally that, you know, some of the underlying issues for me was um, just the need for approval, you know, and uh, wanting, you know, people or having kind of almost this perfectionist, you know, mm-hmm. mentality. And so, you know, I, 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 it, I just, it just reminds me, I remember I had um, a family gathering um, a number of years ago, and um, we had some family and friends that were coming up to our, our house for the very first time. And, I, you know, everything just had to be just, you know, pristine perfect. and yeah, it had to be perfect. And so I ended up, um, I made this special um, honey baked chicken. Oh, that I mean, it Ooh. was just it, yes, very good. I'm gonna have to make some for you. Oh, you will. <laughs> it is it it's sounds really good. yummy. Okay, right. So that's how I was bragging, right? So I was talking about how good my honey baked <laughs> chicken was gonna be. And uh, so we had the people, everybody got there, and there was a couple people that were kind of late, and I said, okay, no, I want everybody to sit down together. You know, I just want us to be able to just, you know, um, start at the same time. So I left it, you know, still warming in the oven, and we're just kind of talking, mm-hmm. socializing. All of a sudden, I'm smelling something, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, right. And so I go, and the, that, the honey burned. It stuck to the, the bottom of the pan. And the chicken was, I mean, it was so tender. And so what I ended up having to do is just take the top off and then, you know, serve that. And then the people were saying, oh, it's so good. Uh, I mean, it really is good. It's falling off the bone. (laughs) It's falling off the bone, even though half of the bone. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, um, but I remember it was just, I, I just felt horrible, you know, that it was just completely ruined. But, um You know, it was things like that I I really felt for me. I had to maybe sometimes have some experiences where it's like, you know what, things don't always need to be perfect, and it's so much not about that. You know, and we can talk more about that later, but, I mean, it wasn't about, you know, having the perfect chicken. It was about you know the time that we were together. So I just but but I know it kind of got off a little bit. But the point was that we just need um, just that need for approval. Sometimes I think really gets in the way and, and can be you know underlying issue. Uh, the okay, other so thing, I do, wait wait yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah, I have ahead. a question about that. Yeah, yeah. because you know it, it, I'll just ask the question. So when you in those times when you felt like things had to be perfect because you needed approval, did you ever feel like you got enough approval? Was there was there a point where you stopped feeling like you had to excel? Could you stop? Um, um, <laughs> Is there that place I, where you're like, whew, I got the approval I needed, I'm good? 
Right. Well, you know, yes, because, but yes, I yes, I've done so many things, and because I really do have a spirit of excellence. I mean, people have said that, and I really do mm-hmm. see that that really is a part of how I operate and the things I do. I like to do them extremely well. So. Um, because I do things really well, or people at least they tell me that that I get I get approval. So I was getting approval, you know, over the years. You know, that has just been where I would do things that people would would affirm that I was doing a great job. And so it wasn't really until I think I got to a point where it's like, you know what? Sometimes I'm just going over and above. It's like it's too much. I mean, it's always 150 percent. I'm tired. This is exhausting. <laughs> And so so I just finally said, you know what, it's just it's not necessary, you know. And, and really through prayer, too, because it's a combination of you get tired and you kind of get to the end of yourself when you don't realize uh-huh. why are you, you know, like that. And then I was like, you know, I need some help, you know. Um, and sometimes I've even had some friends, too, say, you know what, Sheila, it's just not that, you know, it's not a big deal. Just let it go, you know, let it go. And, or they'll say, can't you let it go? And I'm like, okay, you know what, I mean, I love them. They love me. They're going to be really honest. And so I think it's a, it has been a combination of tiredness, people aff- uh, affirming that I need to, you know, kind of let go of the grip, and then God's help uh-huh. that I was able to just pull back. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of pulling back, we're going to pull back just a moment. And okay. we are going to listen, since it's, you know, this is the Christmas season, Christmas period, I just have clips that are going to help us with some levity. And okay. the first one is going to be a um, clip for, I, I you know I decided I was going to choose Christmas carols that I'm betting most of you listeners have not heard before. These are versions you haven't heard before. And um, so here is our first one, which happens to be one of my all-time favorite Christmas songs. Take a listen. O que se mozo fila, o que se mozo fila, o que se mozo fila, om om halala. O que se mozo fila, o que se mozo fila, o que se mozo fila, om om halala. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, just like the ones I used to know. Where the trees are pleasant and children listen to hear labor in the snow. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas with every Christmas card I write. Home, home, halala. Okay, that was White Christmas from the album African Christmas by Ed Gordon, Shaluza Max, and their friends. Okay, Sheila, have you heard that? You were right. I had never heard that before. (laughs) I did not think so. Right, I love that harmony, though. That was really nice. Did you like it? Yes. I fell in love with that album. My it was a it was a gift from my sister last year. She lives in Johannesburg, and um, so she sends me this CD last year, and I was like, "Ooh, I've never heard of these people before." And uh, my sister, who is younger and much much hipper than me, um, is always actually quite a good resource for things like music. So she sends me this, and I listen to it, and I was like, "Hot dog! This is nice." <laughs> They are the it's it's the same group. We're just hearing music from them today. So that was the same group that did the the version of Little Drummer Boy that we opened up with and actually have, that we've been hearing over the course of the Christmas season for us. So there you have it. Okay, so but we digress. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's our topic okay. at hand. <laughs> now that we have talked about see this is supposed to be a, it's a fun time of year and I'm it you know, is. not taking life too seriously and life is good in general. So 
now that we've talked about the problems, let's spend the rest of our time talking about the solutions. So my first thought was, you know, I have always heard that there are more suicides over the holidays than any other time of year. And part of, you know, what I wonder is, is it really all that bad? Um, Sheila, do you know if this is true? Well, uh, I believe that it's not. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot, a lot of data out there that says that, that it isn't. Um, and, you know, recently USA Today um, has done something and, and there's also a lot of um, data just from a psychologist standpoint that says no, that it is not. And even though people, you know, most of the time you just hear negative things, you, you know, and I even think that that happens with the news where you, they highlight um, and kind of, um, you know, glorify, you know, some negative stories to really mm-hmm. make people feel bad. But um, I know. So what What I've heard is no, that that is not true. I don't know. Have you heard any or have you done any research? Well, actually, the reason um, I was looking was because in preparation for this show, uh, you know, oftentimes in order to figure out what, what question to ask, I have to first have some idea of what the answer might be because then it helps me figure out just, you know, how much we might have to to say about a particular topic. And actually, I was looking for statistics to support what I believe to be true, that there were more suicides. And I thought, well, gee, how many more anyway compared to the rest of the year? And interestingly enough, what I found were just articles and articles that said it's a myth, it's a myth, it's not true. And um, actually, listeners, when uh, after the show airs, you can go to thespeedwayshow.com. If you click on the the page, the post for this show, and you scroll all the way to the bottom, you will find resources, and among those resources, we'll put some of those articles up there for you from Psychology Today, for example, in USA Today, that basically talk about the fact that it is a myth that there are more suicides over the holidays. It ain't true, it ain't true, it ain't true. So for those of you who might be feeling depressed, this is not the time to think about suicide. So there you have it. Yeah, and, you know, the other thing, too, is that, um, you know, I always think about perspective. You know, the whole glass half full, half empty, and, Mm -hmm. you know, how how are we approaching something? How are we, um, you know, how are we thinking about what we're getting ready to embark upon? And if we think kind of that it's going to be a sad time, you know, if we think that it's going to be depressing and negative and why live through another Christmas or holiday season, you know, then it is going to be um, negative, you know. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, there's in in my life manual, the Bible, which we've talked about before, you know, it talks about whatever a man thinketh in in their heart, so is he. And so if yep. you think that it's going to be awful, you know, yep. and that you can't make it, well, that's true. It, you know, I mean, you're not. And so it's, it's I just really I just wanted to throw that in there because I just I really feel like that sometimes it's half the battle, just, you know, getting our mind and our thinking right. Perspective yeah. is so important, Sheila, and I couldn't agree with you more because no matter what I find is, no matter what your life circumstance is you can either look upon it negatively or you can look upon it positively. I remember I had I had dinner with a friend of mine and um he he is probably one of the pessim one of the great most pessimistic people I know. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what happens in a day, you know, he is, you know, sure to find the and focus on the negative stuff. And this was right after Thanksgiving and um, he was talking about, you know, his Thanksgiving experience, and it was, you know, it wasn't a positive one because this happened and this happened and this happened. And um, I remember suggesting to him that, you know, there are not a lot of people at your age who are retired. He retired at a very young age. He was 39. And mm-hmm. I said, well, you know, what if God came down and he said to you, hey, listen, I know you were going to have a really hard time with this one thing I asked you to do and I asked you to save this, you know, this this young person and you did a fantastic job. And in return, I made sure that you'd never have to work another day in your life. Now, personally, that's how I'd look at it. 
<laughs> right? And I'd be thinking, wow, what a blessing. And his whole focus was on how horrible it was and how hard it was to get through this, you know, difficult time in his life. And then that's when I realized that no matter what, you can always, always focus on either the positive or the negative, no matter what happens to you. It's so true. It's so, so true. So are there, you know, you listed a bunch of things. <laughs> <laughs> when I asked you that very loaded question <laughs> it was ago. I know, want to be exhaustive. <laughs> yes, and, and, and it was it was pretty darn exhaustive. I couldn't think of anything else by the time you were done. But uh, I know that you wanted to address some of those things uh, in, yeah. in greater depth, especially with respect to solutions. And uh, you started talking a bit about loneliness and how sometimes, you know, if you're feeling lonely, sometimes it's just you. It's just your perspective. And um, so our, it, talk to us a little bit more about, you know, any one of those topics. And, and, and while we're on the topic of loneliness, audience, let me tell you that we did a show a while ago now um, called Why Am I So Lonely? And, Sheila, I don't know if you've ever listened to that show, but one of the things that Sifas and Zidamasanga, who was a speaker at the time, um, one of the things that he said was what you just echoed, which is that, if sometimes if you find that you are lonely, lonely people tend to be very inwardly focused. And um, so sometimes it really is just you and the fact that you're overly focused on me and my experience and my negative, you know, expectations of my life and so on. So um, listeners, if you want to check that out, it's on the website. Go find it and... Um, deal with that loneliness issue. So, Sheila, what else would you like to share with us uh, solution-wise? Yeah, yeah. so, you know, so we kind of we can start with the loneliness piece. You know, I think that uh, it can be where people just isolate themselves, um, you know, but everyone's not like that. But uh, But I do feel like, and I've talked about this before, how important it is that we um, check ourselves, that we own our own stuff and really begin to look at, you know, do I keep pushing people away, you know, or, you know, is, is, is there a continual cycle in the fact that I don't have any healthy relationships in my life? You know, maybe it's maybe it's something, maybe one little thing about, maybe it's something within me that is, is causing, you know, me to feel lonely or to, to you know, to um, isolate myself. You know, but there, I also feel like there are some legitimate things, you know, because sometimes people uh, live in or maybe they moved away for work, so they live away from their family. And so mm-hmm. they don't have um, the, the family network that um, that they would love to be connected with around the holidays. And so, you know, when I'm thinking about that, I think, you know, there still are solutions. There's ways that we can create family. You know, you a person doesn't have to be, um, related to you by blood for them to be family and for you to to feel the closeness and have the relationship. And so I think it's important, too, um, to be able to think about are there networks of people that I enjoy? It could be a bowling group. It could be, you know, a church group. It could be, you know, a, a book club. You know, but people that you enjoy the company, there are some common interests and, and affinities, and you say, you know what, this is my family. I, I don't. I don't. Maybe I can't afford, or I don't have the opportunity to be able to go to be with my family somewhere else. But I can find some time and create um, that closeness and uh, and fellowship. You know, here wherever wherever here is. You know, for you. And um, you know, the other thing that I have seen recently uh, on television is they were talking about how people are using technology more, and so they're using Skype to, you know, be able to connect with their families. And so they can say, you know what, maybe we can talk. I, I One time I was actually at a party. I just thought about this. I was at a party and uh, with some family, whatever, and one of the sisters, um, she lived in California, and they Skyped her in and so she could see, and everybody kept coming over and they kind of kept moving her, like, you know, into the kitchen and <laughs> you know, to the other room. But she was able, you know, to be with us while the party was going on. And so I think, you know, sometimes you really have to be creative and and not just, you know, stay stuck and say, oh, this is awful, but really begin to kind of think a little bit more about, you know, what are some other things that I can do to, um, you know, to expand or, or, or come up with new ideas so that I don't have to feel feel alone. Um, and then there's other, 
you know, people that are lonely too. So, you know, <laughs> just think about, you know, sometimes you hear the line of, oh, two lonely people need to be together. But I don't mean it like that. But I just mean. <laughs> yeah, let's both get depressed. Come on. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. But just knowing that um, you don't have to, you don't have to be alone. The, um, you know, the other thing that I mentioned was um, how sometimes people feel kind of disappointed that you know their life hasn't turned out it turned out the, the way that they wanted it to. So kind of this time of the year, people just for whatever reason just start reflecting, and I guess they're kind of getting ready to be prepared for New Year's resolutions. But you know, <laughs> thinking, okay, I haven't um, accomplished some of the things I want to. You know, it's just they just really feel like they're really in a kind of a, a, a de- desperate or disappointing place. You know, but um, one of the things I thought was, you know, you don't people shouldn't give up. You know, just because you didn't accomplish the things that you wanted to, you still have another chance. You're still alive. You still have another year. You know, it doesn't even have to take a year, but that you can you can try again. And, you know, some of the, the, the ways I feel that you can help yourself in this is, um, you know, having accountability partners. You know, we set goals all the time. I mean, I'm huge. That's one of the things I talk a lot about, you know, within training, <clears throat> excuse me, and how, but we we set goals, and but we don't really tell anybody. And sometimes we're, we're doing that in isolation, so no one else knows that I've set a goal. And, yeah. um, and so when you fall off, nobody knows it, and you are saying, oh, well, you just make excuses and say, okay, well, I, I'm going to, you know, maybe start that down the road and you never do. You know, and I was just, just thinking about just most recently, I um, I had actually been doing Taibo for almost 12 years, and so I I wasn't wow. going to the gym because uh, it was so hard for me to go to the gym and then take my clothes and then get dressed there and then go to work. And I was like, you know what, I got to figure out another way because I still want to work out. But so anyway, I did start doing Taibo with the tape at home, and so I had been doing that for about 10 years. Well, um, a couple of years ago, I uh, had an injury, and so then I wasn't had to let my um, hamstring heel and everything and so most recently i said oh you know what i really want to get back into the working out but i was not motivated i mean i wanted to and i hadn't really put on you know that much any more weight or anything but i wanted to work out i wanted to get stronger and i was not doing anything i mean i would kind of do it one day and then i wouldn't do it and then (laughs) recently my girlfriend she brought me to the gym with her um on a free pass and I was doing the classes with other people, and I was working out for like a full hour, I mean, and just really pushing myself. And I said, you know what, I would not be doing this at home <laughs> because I it, weren't you? Yes, right. And so I just feel like, you know, either having somebody to hold you accountable. When she was saying, are you going to go in the morning? Are you going to be there at 530? I'm thinking, I really don't want to go, but I'm going to go. <laughs> I promised I her I would. Yeah, right. And so I think having accountability partners, you know, and um, and also taking, you know, smaller manageable um, goals, not trying to take on so much at one time and, 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 you know, thinking about, oh, this is, I didn't do all these things. But I'm sure there was something that you did that was um, that was positive and helpful, you know, and just building, uh, kind of building your goals. So, um, I think that's that's really important, and so then you don't you, you don't know, feel so um, discouraged. What I'll say about accountability partners, because I have a very unorthodox accountability partner, I go to the gym typically at four four thirty in the morning, because I figured out that that is the only time when the meetings and the dinners and the working late doesn't get in the way, because ain't nothing going on at four thirty other than me being in bed, right? So I just have to fight with myself. And my accountability partner is a woman who uh, she is actually, she owns the school, uh, the Montessori school that my daughters used to go to. And now our kids are at the same other Montessori school, which is, you know, for older kids. But she likes me to send her texts when I go to the gym because she hasn't gotten to the point where she's figured out in her schedule, because she still owns that other school, and she's a very, very busy lady, hasn't figured out how to quite structure it so that, you know, the schedule and the three kids and the husband and the work and the da-da-da-da-da, that, that all of those work. So she invited me to send her text messages so that, you know, 
I can at least be an encouragement to her. And what's happened is, you know, so I'd get to the gym, 4.30 in the morning, and I'd send her an, a text about whatever I was feeling that day. And sometimes it's, woohoo, I'm at the gym, this is great. And other times it's, boy, I really don't want to be here, but here I am anyway. And I found that even though I was supposed to be encouraging her, and I don't know if she's going or not, but the fact that I was telling her made me want to go because then I felt responsible, right? I can't not go because then I won't tell her I went. And if I don't go, then maybe she might never go. (laughs) Right. And so she's my accountability partner even though we don't work out together. I never see her at the gym because she's not going to be there even if she goes at 4.30 in the morning. Right. People are. But, you know, it's, it's, she's my accountability partner anyway. And so, you know, it's not even an excuse to say, well, I can't find somebody who's going to go with me because your accountability partner doesn't even need to be there to be accountable, to make you feel accountable. Right, exactly. And and so it doesn't it doesn't matter. I mean, and that's a very unorthodox, you know, uh, <laughs> a combination. But I mean, but it, but it's great, and it works. It does. And that's that's working for you. I mean, in in a in a very unique way. Yeah. Who knew? Who so knew? let's see. Exactly. Other things that 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 are difficult. Um, I am bitter because my romantic life isn't what I wanted it to be. Didn't get the man I wanted, didn't get the woman I wanted, he, she, uh, they are off with somebody else, and I hate them. And here comes Christmas, and I know they're going to have a fantastic time, and here I am sitting here by myself at home. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo, Cody. <laughs> okay, I'm not laughing. Great, right, because that is, no, there's somebody, that, some bodies that are, that are feeling like that, you know, it's, it's awful. And if you've ever been in a relationship that didn't work out, you've probably been there at least a time or two. Yes, you have, and it's awful. I mean, you feel horrible, you know, I mean, and you, yeah, no, I mean, that it's it's not, it's really no laughing matter because, I mean, you uh, really start kind of spiraling downward, you know, and it's just thinking bitterness. about, Yes, exactly, and just unforgiveness too. I mean, this is the whole forgiveness piece is, is huge. Um, but you know, when I think about this, I really try um, to be a, a positive person, but more than that, wanting to live in kind of what I call my place of peace. You know, place kind of place of joy. I like peace. I I like to feel um encouraged and uplifted and um you know I like to feel good and so you know I I think it's so important to really watch our thinking you know I mean I've heard there's a, a speaker that I love um Joyce Meyer she talks a lot about you know stinking thinking and uh, <laughs> You know, and I just think that sometimes some of the things that we think about, some of the things that we're putting our minds on, you know, can really be stinking, and it can, and it's negative, you know. And sometimes we even have negative, you know, people. And so you sometimes where they talk about having a pity party, you know, you just get other people that are, you know, uh, discouraged too. And mm-hmm. before you know it, you just have this whole, um, just kind of hate fest going on yeah. about um, all the bad things and, uh, you know, all the, the things that haven't, haven't gone right and, and what other people are doing, which you don't even know what they're doing. You know, you just start to even fabricate things in your mind about, <laughs> oh, they're having so much fun, and you're picturing in their mind how they're just strolling through the, the, the lighted streets <laughs> and so much in love, you know. <laughs> it's, just, it's crazy. But, so, um, but, you know, one of the things I thought is that re- um, not too long ago, I was thinking about thinking and just how how important it is that we change the way we think. And I was led to this scripture um, in the Bible that uh, that basically let me know I should really do three things. It was that um, I should never, I should not hate my brother, that mm-hmm. I can rebuke my neighbor, and I should never allow my anger to cause me to sin. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is so good because I was uh, feeling like uh, I, you know, was having this anger in my heart and I would say, well, I want to be peaceful, I want to be loving, but I'm I'm mad, you know. And But 
but that, you know, God was really saying to me through this scripture that, you know, you cannot, you're not supposed to hate anybody, you know, and so, and you're not supposed to be having those those thoughts about them. And then number two, that if I was feeling as though I needed to say something, if I need to get it off my chest, that it's okay. If I feel like I need to rebuke my brother or if I need to have a conversation about something, that I should do that. But But bottom line, I should never allow any of my anger, my resentment, my bitterness to cause me to sin. And sin would be either to hate them or to forgive or, or to not to forgive. And so, um, you know, sometimes it, it is you may have some feelings about things, but that you need to be able to move towards um, more positive thinking. We, uh, Many of us, most of us need um, a life manual, a, a governing um, entity that can help us get out of kind of the way we're thinking in our own kind of, you know, carnal mentality into and kind of try to ascend to things that are more, you know, lovely and pure and healthy that are going to help build us up. And so I just think, you know, just when I think about how people get so angry and it's like, you know, I hate that or I hate them, it's like, okay, we got to move from there because it, it doesn't do anything but, um, but tear at you and it, and it really does hurt you overall. So is it fair to say then that if somebody does you wrong, mm-hmm. that may be something that they should and you know I believe will always be held accountable for in the spiritual realm, whether in this life or thereafter. But to the extent that you now hold on to that anger, that bitterness, that that hatred, that actually you are therefore accountable that you are accountable for reacting for holding on to that negative reaction that you have and that's really at that point is really not about them it's more about you it is that's 100 percent right and people don't realize it you know and it, it, i mean we really probably need to you know maybe you have someone that can do a show on um on forgiveness and unforgiveness i mean it's huge i mean and it really they're big boulders in people's lives and hearts that really are a huge block between their relationship with God, really, and their relationship with other people, you know. And so uh, a lot of times we don't forgive people, you know, because we're thinking if we forgive them, then they are going to be off the hook. You know, it's like, okay, well, you know, they now they feel like they're just free. But those people, whoever they are, they've gone on. You know, if they did hurt you, they're not sitting around thinking about what they did. They've moved on. We're the ones with the unforgiveness. I'm in Hawaii sitting on my latte in the sunshine. Okay, over here in the dark. (laughs) When they did that, you know, and so... I mean, it, so it really is so much about us. You know, it is about us being able to let go and recognizing that, um, you, you know, if we trust God, for me, I'm trusting God and that knowing that uh, whatever person reaps, they're going to sow. I mean, if they did something wrong, God is the one that needs to deal with them. And I don't want us to be sitting up hoping and wishing something bad would happen to them, but I just need God's to be able gonna to get you. <laughs> he's going to get them bad, you know, get them, you know, hurt them really bad. Uh, but, you know, really being able to let them go, and probably more, even more important than that, recognizing that God forgives us. You know, we make mistakes, and we want God to be gracious with us, you know, no matter what we do, but we don't oh, want yeah. to be as gracious with other people. And so, I mean, that's a whole, whole you know, huge topic, but, I mean, it's it's really important because to the point about coping with Christmas and a lot of times all these feelings come out, and a lot of times it is unforgiveness, um, with uh, other people or something that they've done or somebody left you alone or whatever. But, uh, you know, t- technically we have to be the ones to get free so that uh, and, and not worry about what other people are doing because they are, they're held responsible for their own actions just like we are. True that, true that. Okay, <laughs> and with that we are going to take a break okay. and we're going to listen to our second clip, which is um, a version of... This song that I'm going to bet that once more you haven't heard before. (laughs) 
Okay, so this is the time when we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, whether you believe he is our Lord and Savior or whether you believe he wasn't really born on December 25th or whether you believe he was just an awesome teacher, um, uh, nobody contests the fact that he was here walking the earth for 33 years as a man. And uh, we can all go to lots of places where lots of people fight over the facts and the figures and the differences and everything. This is not one of those places. So given that that is the purpose for the season, Sheila, I would like to talk to you about what it is that we should be thinking about as we are coping with Christmas because Sometimes all this hustle and bustle can leave people feeling really empty inside. Is this all there is? I'm running around trying to please everybody. I'm buying a ton of presents, most of which are going to be returned the following week to the point where there's an entire, you know, sort of commercial business around, you know, returning gifts and so on. Um, What does the life manual say about this time of year and how we are supposed to use it? Well, um, from the research that I've seen and done, that there isn't uh, any focus or attention on um, Christmas, uh, as we call it. Um, There is the recognition of Christ's birth, and so... You know, and how people, they had the wise men came, you know, to see when he was born and where, you know, Harry tried to have him killed and all of that. Um, there is discrepancy about the the date, you know, so in terms of being the 25th of December, that is in question. Um, the, the, the Bible um, indicates, strongly indicates that it was, Maybe considered a fall time, late summer or fall um, time of year, based on the weather and all of that, and so that is questionable. And so, I, for me, I always <clears throat> really try to move away from you know being stuck on what was a specific date, be, you know, uh, of of actually of actual Christmas. And knowing that we do want to celebrate, just like you said, I mean, we recognize that he is. That he is on the um, that he is, you know, Christ. He walked the earth, and we want to be able to celebrate who he is. And so, I think that um, one of the things that that had me kind of recognize that is that my uh, my dad actually was um, they got his birth certificate screwed up when he was a child, and they had his birth birth date messed up. And so mm-hmm. uh, his, he never really knew when his real birth date was, but he ended up celebrating it, you know, on February 10th. And I always think, well, you know, it doesn't matter whether or not it was really that right date. I mean, we're celebrating the life. We're celebrating, you know, him as a person and, and the contributions that uh, he made in our lives. And so I feel like that same thing about you know, Christ's birth, and that that is the focus is on the fact that, you know, God brought his son Jesus to the earth. That was a huge gift. He gave that gift to us, and that our focus should be on a celebrating, you know, his life, but more importantly, you know, why he came and that we um, would have the gift of love and should be showing the gift of love. So when I think about um, the holiday season, Christmas celebration, um, I personally believe it is a time that I should be showing love, that I need to look for ways to give um, the gift of love and fellowship. And, you know, I really feel like it's not about gift-giving, in terms of tangible gifts, uh, and we get so tied into that, and you know maybe that's the way people just you know do that so that they can feel like that's a way for them to show love. Maybe they don't know how to show it any other way, 
but um, I, you know, I've over the years done a lot of different things, uh, a to you know help my family or friends to to focus on. Let's you know give um, maybe give time, you know, spend some time maybe because we are so busy that we're always finding other other things to do. But maybe we give the gift of you know a um, some time over coffee or handmade gifts. I've seen you know people do that before where they do things that they actually can make with their hands. It's not something that they, you know, financially have to, um, you know, to acquire. The other thing that I've done um, has been to, um, I one time I had my family, uh, it was about ten of us, we gave, uh, it really like it was an event at a nursing home. So I had my entire family, it was some older cousins, younger kids, but each one of them, I had them do something different. We had a couple of them read um, Christmas stories. I had some tell stories. Um, I had a few of them that had um, musical gifts. I had them sing. And then I had, um, you know, somebody to uh, to kind of go around and do like little crafts with the senior citizens. And so it was a combination of things. And I remember before we did it, the uh, I mean, they were just mur- murmuring and complaining and talking about why do we have to go there, why are we doing this or whatever. And I'm like, because I said so. <laughs> okay. <gonna> fun. <laughs> You're going to enjoy it. <laughs> you better. So, yeah, right. And so um, it was amazing. I mean, it was so beautiful. I mean, and the seniors enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. I mean, and afterwards, I mean, they talk, they're still talking about today. It was probably about 10 years or so ago. I mean, they still talk about that. They go, you remember the time Sheila made us go to the nursing home? It's like, yes. And so, um, but I, I believe that, you know, that there are so many ways that we can give love and that the point here really is about um, sharing the gift of love and sharing ourselves um, and that it is not about the financial piece, because most of us, I mean, we don't have it. Now we kind of have the excuses with the economy, you know, changing, whatever. But we, people are still going into debt, and oh, yeah. they're going into debt, into debt to um, give a gift when um, uh, most of the time, especially with kids, I see them all the time, that, you know, they play with a gift for like five or ten minutes, and then it's back in the corner, or, you know, um and they, they they don't look at it again, or maybe you know every once in a while. And so, time, giving the time and love, I think is so it, it, it's the most important gift that we could ever give. You know, which which is the gift the gift of love which comes from God. Since I've had children, I have learned a concept that I like to call accidental parenting. Mm. And um, accidental parenting is what we teach our children when we're not paying attention. Okay, <laughs> and then we figure out that we taught him when we see them act it out, and we go, "Oh my gosh, did I do? Do I say that?" Um, what should we be teaching our children about this time? Because I, I, I believe that if you're one of those parents who gets really stressed out over Christmas time, and you're one of those people who believes that everything either has to be perfect or has to get the best gift or, you know, whatever it is that we are anxious about, I think, bleeds into the psyche of our kids who watch mm-hmm. us and often adapt those habits. So what should we be teaching our children? Yeah. And it's huge, you know. You're you're raising a really good point, and because sometimes even the things that we are acting out, living out, are things that our parents taught us. You know, just kind of that whole traditional. Um, it can either be a positive or or a negative curse that you know that we inherit. Um, and so it's so important that we're thinking about what our children um, are receiving, what we're modeling. Uh, and some even the stresses around sometimes the negative things we feel with the holidays, and we don't want them to feel that. We want them to feel, you know, the love and the importance. And I and I feel that probably the most important, one of the most important things that we can give our children or teach them is um, is the truth, you know, and teaching them the the truth of the fact that you know love isn't transferred by things. It's you know, transferred by relationships. And so, you know, being able to 
to pull the the thing piece out of the scenario and say, you know, I need I need FaceTime with my child. I need FaceTime with uh, or being able to have FaceTime with people that I love, whether that is family members that are in town um, or if it's just, you know, friends or, you know, just being able to help them see that that fellowship and time first with you as a parent is paramount. That that is the most important, you know, relationship um, at, besides God and then what that looks like in other people's lives. And so um, being able to, I think, model that, it brings, it it is truthful and it um, shows value. It's saying, I value you as a child, and I believe it's teaching the child to value the parent um, and in that relationship and knowing that um, that is what's most, that's what's most important. And I also feel that we should teach them that we can build our own traditions, you know, that we don't have to be controlled which uh, you know by other people or the pressures societal pressures family pressures or somebody else the kind of external things and saying well this is we've always done it like this and this is how we're going to do it and and you're going to a thing kicking and screaming you know because you don't <laughs> want to attend and it takes the joy out of the holiday it takes you know the 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 peace that you're really supposed to have the love that you're supposed to have and that you're supposed to feel um, because you're feeling obligated to do something you don't want to do. And so I think, you know, learning to really be true to yourself and true with your children, having those authentic relationships and conversations, um, and not necessarily saying, you, you don't always have to say everything, but by the choices that you make, you say, you know what, I'm just going to be honest, I'm just going to let this family member know, or, you know, we, we're supposed to be at three things today, but, you know, um, I'm going to be honest with my friends and I'm going to tell them that, you know, this is it's just been really busy for us and I'm going to spend some time with my kids tonight. Oh, my goodness, that's huge. And if your friends can't accept that, then I feel bad for them. But more importantly, you should they be able not be your friends. <laughs> <laughs> right, they're not. You know, and so, they're not your friends. <laughs> they're, not, they're really not your friends, right? And but but we do that. You know, we'll we'll say, well, I'm going to do it because I feel obligated. I feel like you know they're not going to understand. You know, and, and a lot of that is just really is really us. You know, and and just knowing that we have the power, we have the ability to make choices um, of of how we want our life, what do we want it to look like, how we want to feel. And um, we all so often will say, well, that person, they're making me, or nobody can make you do anything. Or, you know, they put pressure on me. Yes, no, you are allowing that pressure to change your behavior. And so um, if, we, if we learn to model truth in our own lives, that is what will be transferred to our children, and they will be able to be authentic and honest. And even when they say things or do things that sometimes may go against the grain, I mean, oh my goodness, it's it's huge. If we can teach them to to walk in authenticity, you know, they will be less likely to succumb to peer pressure. You know, the pressure you know outside of the holiday season. And so, I think that that it's it's a uh, it's huge, and it really can make a difference. Um, not only during the holiday seasons, but throughout their entire life. Thank you for that, Sheila. And this brings us, unfortunately, to the end of our show today. Okay. Uh, listeners, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> listeners, you have asked for more content, and here it comes. On the webpage for this episode, you can find uh, suggested reading, articles, and uh, as well as the highlights from the show if you don't have time to listen to it. And uh, you can check out the new content on uh, some of the other shows, especially the more recent ones that we've done in the past. And uh, join us next week for our Christmas episode entitled Love Anyway. Uh, you know, hate my brother, yeah, I love him anyway. Hate my son, yeah, I love him anyway. So-and-so did this to me, yeah, I love him anyway. So uh, if ever there was a time for love, this is it. So next week, join us on BYSO, and this is BY saying, go in peace and do more than cope with Christmas. Joy in it. 
Thank you for joining us on the Speedway Show. Until next time, live well, live fully, and love deeply.